and really everybody that knows her really loved her there. So, um, so she's in heaven. Uh, she is well now. And um, one of the things, of course, you know, you, you, just, it's, it's, you don't have any doctrine for it <clears throat> that I know of anyway, but uh, people that I've heard stories that have gone to heaven and visited heaven uh, have said that uh, they recognize everybody, but you're, uh, you, know, you don't look like you looked when you, when you passed away. You look at, like you looked at in your prime, right? So you don't look like you looked at when you were four. You don't look like you, what you look like when you was 90. You look like what you look like around you know, 30 or 35 or so. And so, so that's a, uh, that'll be good right there, amen? So, um, uh, so she's up in heaven, and she's enjoying heaven. And then I heard from... Um, Deborah Ackerman, that she lost uh, her brother-in-law up in uh, South Dakota yesterday, in fact. He had been ill over the weekend and then passed away uh, yesterday. So I'd encourage you to be praying for uh, both Miss Deborah's family and uh, Miss Levy's family uh, as a deal with uh, the loss there. Um, and we know that the Word of God says that death is an enemy. <clears throat> it was never planned as part of creation. Uh, and even after the fall of mankind in Genesis chapter 3, it still took the devil over 900 years to figure out how to kill this body that was created by God. And of course, you know, he did figure that out through sickness and disease <clears throat> and other methods. Um, and then, um, of course, we are here today. And the sickness and disease is a result of the sin that was introduced by Adam coming into the earth. And uh, all death is not due to sin. Um, but uh, de death itself, it, it was uh, introduced into the world because of sin. And so, but someday we'll get rid of death. Amen. The Bible says death is the last enemy that's going to be dealt with. And um, <clears throat> we'll get glorified bodies that will not be subject to death nor subject to sickness and disease. We'll get a new heaven and a new earth. And um, things will be all right between now and then. Um, we suffer in this world with the bodies that are subject to death. And in that regards, uh, and, and really... The only reason why we're here on the earth, you know, if you're born again, you're on your way to heaven, right? So you can go early and go late. Uh, it's, it's good either way. It's better, really, if, if you can go late and, and live long on this earth because there's people who don't know the Lord. And you being here on the earth gives them an opportunity to know the Lord. Uh, and that's really the only reason why the church is here. If everybody got saved tonight, the Lord would come back tomorrow, uh, no doubt, uh, because there'd be no need for him to delay his coming uh, but right now, my prayer is always, Lord, delay your coming as long as possible so that we have an opportunity to get other people born again, get them into your church, get, a, get their eternal destiny in heaven. <clears throat> and, of course, you know, um, uh, even at the funeral today, you know, I always encourage people, uh, you know, set your eternal destiny in heaven. Uh, go to church, uh, pray, and uh, read your Bible, and, and uh, incorporate the best things of the people uh, like Miss Libby uh, into your life. But, you know, people think, well, I can do that. Well, you're not going to do that outside of church. You know, she learned how, how to become that person by accepting the Lord. And, and uh, you can't love the way that she loved people without knowing the Lord. It's not possible. And, you know, the world's not able to love people the way the church is able to love people. Uh, and so we're thankful for uh, the life of Miss Libby that she lived before us. And so we look forward to seeing her again sometime. Amen. Uh, and so why don't we pray and we'll get into the word tonight then. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for blessing us and being good to us. We thank you, Father, that your word is true. Uh, there, it's without error, Father. We choose to believe that it's so. Uh, we thank you, Father, that uh, it was written and protected by you, Father, over centuries by multiple 
uh, authors and writers, Father, uh, and yet it's consistent in its doctrine, consistent in, in its word and description of you. And so we thank you for that, Father. We give you praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles to the book of uh, Philippians. Uh, we'll continue in chapter uh, 4 here. <clears throat> uh, and we had finished up talking about um, Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8. And, um, you know, I do have a, uh, a doctorate in theology. I'm not a medical doctor, but I do have a doctorate in theology and sometimes people come and they, well, I've got all these problems. And so I, I prescribe them Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8 uh, as their medicine. And I say, go home, read it every day, meditate on it, uh, and, and, and believe it and put it into practice. And then you, you, you check up with them, you know, a month later, did you do that? Well, I, I did that like, you know, like a day and nothing happened, right? And so, well, you take your medicine that the doctor gives you, the pill bottle, right? Take uh, three, three per day for the next 30 days and you'll be better. Well, I took it a day and nothing happened. Well, okay. Um, and so if, if I ever prescribe to you a scripture to read, I'd encourage you to read it, you know, until it becomes part of you. Amen. Uh, and so <clears throat> it, it would be to your advantage. Uh, and, you know, these scriptures, uh, you know, especially uh, at the beginning of verse 8 there, which said, whatsoever things are true, just that part of it, the Lord just blessed me and gave me some revelation about that many years ago as, as I was dealing with things, uh, the conflicts with other people and some of the accusations they made against me. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, one of the hardest things for me to overcome in my life has always been to be accused of things that I had, I had no interest ever of doing and I never did. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, it's, it's different if somebody just makes a mistake. Hey, did I see you do that? Well, no, I didn't do that. Okay, fine. Uh, but then they uh, accuse you of things. And in fact, I had one person call me up when I was uh, actually in France. And so they called and it was super early or super late, you know, because of time change. And um, I said, hey, you know, uh, I saw this thing was going on at church. You know, why'd you do that? And I'm like, I'm on the other side of the Atlantic. I didn't do that, you know. And they didn't ask me, you know, if I did it, they asked me why I did it. Right. So there wasn't a, wasn't a question. It was an accusation. Uh, and one of the things I learned from, uh, during that whole process is, you know, I never start with an accusation with people. Because first of all, who is the accuser of the brethren? The devil, the devil is, right? So why do we want to act like the devil, right? If you go up to somebody, if you're not sure about something, if you saw them, right, it's one thing. But, but even if you saw them, you know, a lot of times we'll, we will assign motive and intent for something that we saw that we don't even know that that's true, right? Well, you know, why'd you hurt that person? I, you know, I didn't hurt anybody. You know, I said that, but, you know, we were cutting up or joking or whatever, uh, and, and so, uh, so I've learned over the years, I don't start with an accusation unless, you know, I would happen to know and see it and observe it, uh, with my eyes, something that was obvious, but usually I'll ask a question. Uh, in fact, you know, in dealing with, uh, church folks, you know, uh, you know, you hear things sometimes and instead of saying, Hey, uh, I heard you said this thing. See, I don't ever say that. I just say, did you say this thing? Because that's not an accusation, that's a question, right? Because so, they could say, well, no, I didn't say that. Okay, well, that's fine, you know. Uh, perhaps somebody else misheard that or, or maybe I misheard that or whatever. But anyway, so they, they accused me of whatever the thing that, that, that they accused me of doing. And I hadn't done it, of course. I wasn't even in the country. Uh, and and, it, and it, was always, it was always hard for me to overcome that because I'm thinking, well, you know what? Uh, don't they know me? I mean, you know, I know everybody in this room right now if somebody told me certain things about you, I'd be like, there's no way that person did that. Uh, 
you know, it'd be, it, it'd be so easy to, to know that you didn't do that just because I know you, right? And, and I knew these people for decades, right? I went to church for them for decades, and yet they would, they would accuse me of something that would be such a terrible thing to do, right? I told you, I think last week we were talking about how they accused me of sabotaging the soundboard. And it's like, well, you know, you really think that I would do that? Have, have we not met, right? I mean, yeah, I knew that one time somebody said that they, they said that you love Kenneth Hagin more than Jesus. And I'm thinking, have, have we met? I mean, have you ever met me at all? I mean, do you know anything about me? If you knew anything about me, you would know that there's no man, no woman, no person on this earth that I love more than the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, and so, but, but see, by that time, they accused that. I just thought it was funny because, like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? But, you know, years ago, it was difficult to overcome because, you know, it would hurt your feelings. And, you know, you'd, you'd feel like, well, you know, I didn't do that. Why did they? Uh, and, and one of the things that the Lord showed me was think on the things that are true, not the things that are factual. And what's true is God loves me. What's true is Jesus lives on the inside of me. What's true is I'm born again on my way to heaven. What's true is I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. See, those things are true. Even if I had done those things, what's true is I can be forgiven. See, some people hold it against you to their last breath. Well, that's not truth. That's facts, you know, that you did those things and that they'll never forgive you. Uh, But uh, it is true that you can be forgiven, right? So even if somebody's going to hold something that you actually did against you, the Lord says that he will forgive you and, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and, and treat you as if you never did that. Well, I would much rather live in that truth than live in, in somebody's bitterness and, and, and anger. And uh, I mean, one time I went up on the, you know, I used to, when I used to run sound, uh, part of what I would do is I'd go up on the stage while the singers were singing and I would listen to the monitors, make sure the, the balance and the levels were correct for each singer that they could hear, you know, each other and hear the instruments, but not too loud, not too soft, you know kind of the Goldilocks sound, right? It was just right. Uh, and, um, and so, uh, and I wouldn't bother them. They're singing, right? So I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bother them while they were singing. And one time, one of the singers came up after church and said, you just think you're so much better than us. You come up on the stage while we're singing. Don't even say anything to us. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to not bother you. you know, there's no, there was no ill intent on my part to do anything. I just, you know, they're singing, they're doing their thing, right? And if they weren't singing, I'd, you know, I'd say something to them, but they're singing, and, and I'm trying to be invisible. That was my goal as, to, as a sound man, to always be invisible, right? Because uh, it, it's not about me. I mean, the only reason why they sounded good was me. I know that, right? You know, it wasn't because they're a great talent or anything. It's because I, made it, I was an amazing sound man, and I made perfect uh, balance, right, everything. You know, I'm joking, of course, but, <clears throat> um, but I tried to be invisible, tried to, to not interrupt the, the, the service or anything like that, and uh, and um, uh, one time I had somebody uh, went to the pastor about me. You know, if you've got a problem with somebody else in the church, you know, grow up. Go to that person and say, hey, you know, are we good? Don't go to the pastor and say, they were mean to me. <laughs> were we 12 years old? I mean, you know, in a kindergarten, I wouldn't even do that in kindergarten. I'd just go beat them up, right, or go fight with them or something. <laughs> and, um, uh, and the thing is, there was, there was something about my pastor that kind of liked that. He liked that the conflict, he liked dealing with the conflict, and, and, and if there wasn't conflict, sometimes he'd just make up stuff, right? And they, for whatever reason, you know, he was a wonderful man of God, but there were some aspects about him that, you know, I, I struggle with, that, you know, why, you know, first of all, why would you believe that, right? Uh, and, and so this one fellow goes to him, because we, we did greeting just like we do here on Sunday mornings, right? We greet each other, 
And, and I would have a little rabbit path because I was running sound, so I'd get out, just like uh, Jared, you know, he has uh, stage left and stage right up there. I just had one exit. So I'd go out the exit, I'd loop around the church, go, you know, shake hands all the way around, you know, kiss some babies and come back and then go back in the sound booth. And so that was my little rabbit path. You know, I'd do that because I needed to be back there before the singers got up on stage and the pastor started talking or whatever and make sure that I was ready to, to turn anything on or off that I needed to. And so somebody went to him and said, every week he avoids me. He doesn't want to talk to me. And I'm like, if you wanted to talk to me, you could just stand right here. I'm going to run over you every, every Sunday. I mean, just stand right here. Now, if I'm going that way and you're, and you're chasing me, yes, I'm not going to, because I'm, I'm on a rabbit path, right? If you're going the same direction I'm going, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, cross your path. But he said for a year. So what are you counting? What are you, three years old? You know, sometimes I wonder about the maturity level of people. This is a grown man, right? It wasn't like he was eight. If he was eight years old, okay, fine, you know, come here, let me pet you. He's a grown man, right? Uh, and so I'm like, how do, you, how do you, I mean, the Lord said never to defend myself, right? Uh, and so I, I was never, uh, even though I, uh, I struggle with the accusation sometimes early on, but I never would defend myself, you know, but, it, but in that, that time, I wasn't really, I'm like, I, Yes, because he saw me, the pastor saw me every Sunday. I'd do the exact same. You just watch it like clockwork, right? Out there, this way, that way, that way, back there. Uh, and, and if you really, for a year, that means it's 52 services, right? And if you counted all the services, but we only greeted each other on Sunday morning service, so that's 52 services. You, you couldn't figure that out after 52 times, so the, the path that I go? I mean, uh, and so, uh, you know, the, to, to me, there's, there's a lot of conflict like that in the church oftentimes. And that's so childish, right? I mean, it's just, you got any church, you're going to have some of that. You know, I mean, you've got, if you get more than one person in church, you're going to have some of that, right? It's just, it's going to happen. Um, but I, I really have very little patience for that kind of stuff. You know, the people have come to me before uh, and said, hey, pastor, so-and-so is doing this. I said, well, why aren't they here? You know, don't come to me with an accusation if they're not here. Uh, if you want to talk about it, we're not going to talk about somebody where they're not here. Amen? Uh, and, and so... Could there ever be an exception to that rule? Maybe, I don't know. But you want to roll the dice, I don't know. Just come on, amen, and, and just uh, accuse somebody of something, right? And I've had people accuse other people of things, and, and you want to get me really riled up, you come in and accuse an innocent person. Uh, and um, things that, you know, they're not hurting anybody. Somebody was uh, uh, praying in tongues during praise and worship one time, and somebody else calls me up and said, Pastor, you know, they were praying in tongues. And I'm like waiting for, like, is that an issue? I mean, well, they, they're not supposed to pray in tongues in public. And I, and I said, well, there's nothing. I mean, the Bible says you can do that in public. That's not what the Bible says. Like, okay, could you show me your degrees? Could you give me book, chapter, and verse where it doesn't say that? Because it literally says that in 1 Corinthians 14, right? Uh, and if you read 1 Corinthians 12 correctly, you'll see that it's also public speaking in tongues. Uh, and it's like, well, first of all, you're telling me I don't know the word, so why are you even calling me? If I don't know the word, why are you calling me? Uh, and, and, uh, and I said, they weren't hurting anybody. Uh, they were minding their own business, worshiping the Lord, however they saw fit. Uh, and, I, and I really, in that conversation, I was under great restraint because my flesh wanted to just reach through the phone and just, you know, uh, shake their hand. And, 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 um, because uh, uh, the devil is the accuser of their brethren. He always starts with an accusation. And I've had people come to me when I was in a sound booth, you know, uh, and said, um, uh, one time, my, my pastor, again, he was a wonderful man, but he thought he could sing. 
And, uh, you know, some songs he could sing, right? If they were in a perfect range, you know, he could sing. But some songs, you know, uh, he, 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 I mean, you know, certain songs you just you have to have the right ability to sing the song right he didn't have that ability he was a great pastor great man of god great word of, but he could not but he thought he could sing so so uh anybody know the the uh, uh the fairy tale called the emperor's new clothes you know, you know that it's one of my favorite fairy tales you know anybody know it who doesn't know it anybody don't know it uh so the story is there's a king right he's an emperor uh and he was he was super prideful i'm such a wonderful man you know uh, and so uh, this guy comes to him, but the guy's a scam artist. He goes, he goes I'm going to make you the best clothes. I mean, they're going to be so amazing. They're going to be just, no, nobody in the world will have clothes like you. And I'm kind of paraphrasing the story, right? Uh, and so, but it's going to cost a fortune for you to do this. Okay, no problem. Right, I check, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so the day comes and he goes, now look, he said, these are special clothes. Only special people can see these clothes. People that are not special, they can't see these clothes. Uh, and so, so then the guy starts telling all the people, if you're special, you can see these clothes. But if you're not special, you can't see them. So what's everybody going to do? Oh, well, I see the clothes. So the king's walking down the street naked, right? And everybody's going, oh, look at these amazing, amazing you're beautiful. And the king's like, oh, I'm so amazing. I'm so, uh, and the whole thing was, the guy just fed on the pride of everybody else, right? Fed on their pride and, and, and in the ego. Like, if, well, if you can't see the clothes, you're not special, right? And sometimes we all get like that. I'm so special, you know, I can't hardly stand myself, right? And, and if I think that way, I'm the emperor, right? Uh, and, and, and if you're one of, the, one, one of the people who watch me, people come up, oh, you're the most amazing uh, pastor in the whole world. Oh, you're just like the people in the emperor's new clothes, right? Because you see something that's not there. Uh, and, and so, so I, you know, that, that it's not a scriptural, but it's, you know, biblical principle about pride and arrogance and that sort of thing, right? Uh, and so, you know, my pastor thought he could sing. Uh, and so, but my job, see, my, my pastor assigned me to be the sound man. So I'm supposed to, my job was to make the sound the sound the best I could. That was my job. Uh, and some people come back, the sound's too loud. In one service, I had somebody uh, come back and say the sound was too loud, and another person said, I can't hear a thing. In the same service. And I'm thinking, well, if you two just swap, you know, that'd be great, right? Uh, and so, uh, but I'd go to the pastor and say, hey, you know, was the sound okay? Yeah, it was great. That's all I needed to know. Not too loud. Not, I mean, if he didn't think it was too loud, I, there's nothing for me to do. Because how many opinions can you get every day from sound, right? Uh, and of course, none of you do. Uh, and, uh, but if I ever saw any of you mistreat the sound man, me and you won't get along well because it's not because he's my son, because you don't have any business mistreating anybody, especially people that are here to serve the Lord, it, even if he's not perfect, right? He's not perfect. I mean, he's nearly perfect, but he's not he's perfect, right? Uh, and, but he's a great sound man. Uh, and, and so, and we've never had anybody mistreat him uh, as long as I've been a pastor, but I was mistreated so many times as, as a sound man. And so, so my pastor would be up singing sometimes, and, and, and the, the leader of the praise worship comes back and says, uh, um, what do you got against the pastor? You're not turning him up like you should. People said they can't hear him. I mean, and, and so, so, but he's singing right then, right? And so we had the ability on the soundboard to push a button 
And you could hear just that one channel, right? Just that one microphone. You could hear in the headphones just that one microphone. And, and I said, well, here. Pushed a button. I said, listen to this. And so she listened to it for a second. And, and you know, it, it sounded like a cat in distress, right? Like somebody should do something. Somebody should shoot this animal. I mean, he's, he's near death. You know, you need to deal with this animal, right? He's suffering. Uh, and it would be cruel to leave him alive. Uh, and so... So she listened to it for a second, for more than a second, but she listened for, for a little bit. And I said, what would you like me to do with this sound? Because what, what should I do as a sound man? I should turn him down, right? Everybody know the Barney Fife, right? I don't usually bring in Barney Fife, but Barney Fife, you know, the one episode where they're in a choir and he's singing and, he, and somebody's off key. He's like, okay, somebody's off key. Who is that? Who's off key? Well, it was him the whole time, right? Uh, and so... So just that one particular song, I mean, it's just bad, right? Now, if he was singing in harmony, in the right notes, then I'd turn him up and blend him in with the harmony. You know, it's fine. He never did any solo singing, but he'd try to do harmony. Uh, but sometimes he's free. He'd use all the notes, right? Just totally, no, no constraint, just free, use all the notes. Uh, and so I said, what, what would you... Now, I was, I was sincere, right? I, I, because I'm not going to argue and fight, because my job's easy. Just do what I'm told. Right? I, I mean, I'm not in charge. I got, a, I got a pastor, I got a praise and worship leader, I'm not in charge, so I don't have, to, I got no dog in the race, just do what I'm told, right? And that's, if you know your position, you know your place, that's easy, life is easy, right? Just as a pastor, my life is easy, I just do what the Lord says to do. I mean, I, oh, that was a great message. Well, okay, I mean, I didn't have much to do with it, I just wrote down what the Lord told me to write down. And so, so what would you like me to do? I mean, what would you do, right? What would you like me to do with this? Well, she just walked out the sound booth, didn't even answer me. And so she got about, you know, a couple feet in front of the sound booth. I said, hey, I, I, what would, you, want me to turn, you want me to turn them up? I mean, I'll do it. You, what do you want me to do? She looked at me, didn't say nothing, just turned around and walked back to the stage. Because uh, it, it was impossible for her to say, don't turn them up. But see, you know, if you're not a member of the emperor's new clothes story, you just say, well, yeah, just don't turn them up if he sounds bad. That's what a, a, a sincere, logical dispassionate person would do just what was the best for the service, right? Because there's nothing worse in the world than to have a, a microphone and, and they can't sing, right? We had one, one, one member of the praise and worship team, they were remain nameless, uh, but they were, uh, played an instrument, and I was a sound man for 20 years, uh, and they never could learn how to play that instrument. And yet, for some reason, the pastor wouldn't fire them. Just let them play every Sunday, right? I said, Pastor, what would you like me to do with his microphone? He said, never turn it on. Okay, 20 years, I never turned him on, not one time. His microphone was dead. I mean, it was, I could have put you know, a, a, you know, a stick there. It would have been as much good. He, I never he had a microphone, right? We, I mean, it was wired, it went all the way to the sound booth, right? I mean, it wasn't like a fake mic. It was a real microphone. It really worked. We never turned him on. Now, he turned it on up here, but you know, you got to turn it on here and you got to turn it on up there. It never was turned on there for 20 years, not one time. Don't you feel bad? I don't have to feel bad. I'm just doing what I'm told. And so, <laughs> so uh, it, it's, uh, uh, so you know, uh, I learned after a while that whatever thing, what sort of things are true. And so what was true is I'm assigned a job. I do what I'm told. Really simple. I didn't, I didn't have to prove anything. I didn't have to argue. I didn't have to defend myself. Uh, if they wanted it all turned up, uh, you know, later on, things got really bad, right? Thing, uh, I told you before they had a special meeting and before we went to the meeting, I told Chris, the meeting is all about me. They're gonna, they're, they set up a special meeting 
to uh, just beat me up. And sure enough, what well, we did when we got to the... Now, the, the Lord told me that. He said, uh, the, the meeting is a setup. And, you know, the Lord didn't always tell me everything, right? But sometimes he'd tell you things to help you, to prepare you. And I said, uh, I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to go to that meeting. You want to go to that meeting? I don't want to go to that meeting. Uh, and it was the whole praise and worship team, right, and, and some other folks. So there was about 20, what, 25 people there, something like that. Uh, you want to go to that meeting? Who wants to sign up for that, right? Oh, Lord, please send me there. Nobody, no sane person wants to do that, right? And, and the Lord said, you go. I need you to go. But I don't want to go. I mean, you know, because he said also don't defend yourself. So you're going to go and you're going to get beat up and you're just going to have to take it, right? Uh, and, and sure enough, you know, we got there and, and they just started. You're the worst sound man in the world. All you do is just mess things up. You know, you're, and I'm like, well, just fire me. They said, but if you leave, you're of the devil. <laughs> so uh, the whole purpose was to break my spirit, right? Because the devil's behind that, couldn't stand that I would, number one, would not worship the pastor. Number two, I would not yield to sin. And they hated that. They, the spirits behind the people that were driving those, hated that. The devil hates people who will serve the Lord at all cost. He hates them because uh, there's nothing he can do. So he, would tr- he will try to destroy you. And he did that night. 20 people. You're the worst sound man. Why are you doing that? You know, you're doing this. You, why are you doing that? And they bring up things in the past, you know, s- stories and things. And, 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 and look, and they would, they would lie about all the stories, right? Well, you did this. And, look, and I'm thinking, well, I didn't do that. And so finally they said, you know, you don't change the soundboard unless, unless we tell you to. And they would came up after the service. They'd come and inspect the soundboard. And so, you know, what did I do? You know, normally the way you run sound is, especially you got multiple people up here. I know some of you run sound before. You got a bunch of people up here. The, every every song you're tweaking it, right? You got a, you got a different lead singer. You got a different uh, lead instrument. You got a different, you know, sometimes the bass guitar. You'd really want to emphasize that. Sometimes you don't want to tweak the EQ. I mean, you're move, a, a good sound man is tweaking every service, every song, right? A good sound man would do that. Now, you know, of course, here we just got Chris uh, and, and then uh, mostly canned music, so there's some adjusting to do, but, you know, but most times she's pretty... Because, uh, you know, uh, humidity, temperature affects sound, different things like that, so the, the, sometimes you've got to tweak things. Uh, but that's, that was my normal process, right? You start the service, and you're tweaking the whole time. And then when the pastor get up, you know, his mic was pretty stable, and uh, you really wouldn't have to change him much. They said, don't touch it. Okay. Uh, and they would, you know, they'd come back and say, the sound was terrible. I mean, that's not my fault anymore. I'm not changing anything, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, for, for it's like a year. It, it was like a year or two before he passed that they, they started this. You know, we, we, we did get over it. You know, we did get through, through some things before he, he went on to be with the Lord. Uh, but it was a whole year that I quit touching the soundboard. Not out of spite, not mad. Just I'd walk in, turn it on, and that, and that's, that was it. Uh, and then every now and then say, turn so-and-so up. Okay. Turn so-and-so down. Okay, no problem. You know, now, th- th- if you want to learn grace, you learn how to live in that situation without being mad and bitter every day. And I did. I, I was not mad or bitter about it. You know, I wasn't resentful. I wasn't I was just steaming the whole time. It's like, well, okay. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to show them because all of us are, are ill attitudes, right? Ill will. Uh, I'll show them. It's like, well, there's nothing to show them. I just, they, told, they said, don't, don't touch the the, the uh, singers, and, and it's like, and, and there's so many times, like, man, this sounds terrible. It just sounds terrible, but, you know, not, uh, 
And it's like, why don't you fire me? That, that, isn't that the oddest thing, right? Have a sound man, but don't let him be a sound man. Well, then fire him. I mean, but they didn't want to fire me. They wanted to beat me into submission. Well, I'm not going to, you know, I was beaten. Uh, I'm the youngest of 11. You know how many fights I was in before I went to kindergarten? I mean, fights all the time. You know, other people in the family like, we never fought. Like, wow, is that a thing? You can go live in a family and not fight? I mean, we fought all the time, each other all the time, you know. Uh, it was like a cage match every day to eat. And so, you know, that's just part of how I grew up. And so, uh, you know, but I learned, uh, 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 you know, and you don't have to go through that to learn how to be a solid Christian, obviously. But, uh, but uh, that mindset of coming into the church then and dealing with the devil and props of the devil taught me that I'm just not ever going to quit. Just, you know, it doesn't matter how hard it gets. doesn't matter what they say or what they do. I'm not going to quit. I, I may not know exactly the best way to be in that moment because sometimes these accusations would bother me, uh, but I, I will stay the course. And if I stay the course, the Lord will provide. And he always did. And so when I got to whatsoever things are true, it changed my life because don't touch anything. Okay, the Lord loves me. Even if you hate me, the Lord loves me. You know, one person said, if you was on fire, I wouldn't spit on you to put you out. I mean, who would say that as a child of God? Can you imagine saying those words about anybody? Anybody, right? But especially somebody as a Christian who just minds their own business and comes and helps at the church and does whatever needs to be done. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was an axe murderer or, you know, a, you know, stole from my grandma or anything like that or, you know, embezzled money from the church. I mean, it, there was, no, there was nothing they could point to. In fact, one guy came up to me years later and said, what, what was the problem? I mean, he said, I never saw you do anything wrong. Why are they so mad at you? I, well, you'll, I said, you'll have to ask them because, you know, I'm not going to throw them under the bus and say, well, they're all liars and full of the devil and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because whatsoever things are true. You know, God loved me during all those times. Amen. And, you know, I can tell those stories. And, and you know, uh, I, some people on occasion will come up and say, I can't believe you put up all that, you know. But they're good stories, right? I mean, they're because uh, uh, you think there's no way that could have happened, right? No way people act that way. Well, they do, and and, and the thing is, they would as soon as the first note would 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 play, oh Lord Jesus, we love you, Shandai, Shandai. They speak in tongues, and and you know the Lord would receive their prayers, receive their worship, and He wouldn't hold anything against them, and I would pray for the Lord not to hold anything against them, uh, and so uh, so that that. Beginning of verse 8 has just always been special to me. Whatsoever things are true. If you, if you meditate on that, you can get through so much in life. Because what's true is God loves you. What's true is you are on your way to heaven. What's true is it doesn't matter what you've done. God will forgive you. He will wash you and cleanse you by his blood. Uh, and, and so if that's really true, which it is, then who cares if somebody accuses you of something, right? God still loves you. Amen. And if, and if you know in your heart you're innocent, nothing for you to prove. Amen. Well, they need to know the truth. Not for me. They're not going to know it for me. I'm not going to defend myself. Uh, you know, I've had people come to, you know, I, I, heard, I heard that, uh, that you smoke. <laughs> really? Who told you that? <laughs> we obviously have never met because, you know, uh, uh, I've never even touched a cigarette to my mouth, ever. Not my, one time in my life. Not because it's, I'm trying to be like somebody special. It's, it's, I always thought they were gross and smelled bad, you know. Uh, and so, and besides that, you ever read the side of a cigarette pack? <laughs> the Surgeon General says, you will die a horrible death if you smoke this cigarette. It's like, well, okay. As a, as a, I mean, I'm probably 11, 12 years old. I'm thinking, it seems like stupid to stick that in your mouth. I mean, have you not read the cigarette? I mean, it said you will die a horrible death if you do this thing right here. And so note to self, don't do that. Uh, and so uh, it, it's, uh, 
uh, I mean, you can accuse me of whatever you want to. I've been accused of some heinous things, some terrible things. I mean, things that, uh, that my wife knows I will, never, I will never say publicly because they're so, they're so beyond the pale that it's just amazing somebody would even dream up stuff like that, right? Uh, and so, and it won't be the last time people will accuse you of all manner of evil. Um, uh, and so, really, all you got to know, uh, from, me, from my perspective, the way that I decided to live is, look, if you want to know whether I did something, ask the Lord. Lord, did he do that? Just ask the Lord. You don't have to gossip with each other. Just ask the Lord, did he do that? Or you could come, I mean, really, if you could just come and ask me, you know, did I do that? Now, if you come and ask me why I did that without, you know, as an accusation, without a question to begin with, you know, uh, you may not get an answer that you like, you know, because I may say, well, you know, I'll just pray about it, brother. And so, uh, but the Lord is good, amen? Uh, and so, uh, uh, and then he goes right into verse 9, and he says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, I like this verse because Paul said that you have, you have heard and seen in me. You know, Paul was not just a preacher. Uh, you could watch his life, and you could see what he did. You could see how he operated in his life. Uh, and, and so his, uh, the words that he spoke meant something because they could see the life that he lived. And, and, you know, for me personally, what's always important to me is if I don't know somebody, um, you know, like as a minister or something, uh, before I get real close to them, I want to watch them. I want to see how they, what they do after the service. I want to see, you know, how, how they, they treat the people on the staff, right? Me and Chris were visiting a church one time, and, and they had this guest singer, and he, he sang like an angel play instruments backwards, forwards, upside down. You know, you can hang from the sand and play. I mean, amazing. But uh, we, we got to church early one time, and so let's go watch praise and worship because we always had an interest in, we always have an interest in praise and worship. You know, we would love to have, and I believe someday we'll have, you know, 20 people up here, 30 people up here playing all kinds of instruments and things. Uh, that's our heart, heart's desire, amen, because there's nothing better than, than uh, worshiping the Lord. Uh, and so let's go to praise and worship. Okay, all right. And so mean, he, hey, sound man, I told you not to do this, right? No, stop, 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 stop. No, that's not right. And I'm thinking, why are you so mean? I mean, these people are here to, be a, uh, to honor the Lord and worship the Lord. Why are you so mean to them? And, I mean, and you saw the same thing. And I'm thinking, and so, you know, during praise worship, it was hard to, to enter into worship because uh, those things, not just what you've heard, but what you've seen. So you can't unsee, you can't unsee that, you know. And so to me, it's like, who cares if you can sing like an angel if you, if you act like the devil when nobody's looking? I mean, how valuable is that? Who cares what you say when you can't live what, 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 you, what you believe? Amen? Uh, and so, you know, for me personally, it's, it's just as important to me how I act when I leave that door as it is what I speak when I get behind this pulpit. Because if you see me mistreat uh, the Walmart employee or the guy at Lowe's or the drive through window because they didn't give me my change correctly. Oh, what's the point? What's the point if I can't actually act, actually act like a Christian when I'm not behind the pulpit? Amen? I want you to, to believe what you hear and see in me. Uh, and not because I'm trying to be anybody, but because it's just important to me to, to be a Christian, right? Paul said, uh, be an example 
uh, of a believer. Not to the believers, not be an example to the believer, be an example of a believer. Uh, and all of us should strive to be what the Word of God says for us to be. Amen? And you get, you get so many Christians that, uh, that, I mean, they act like Bible scholars, you know, but they'll mistreat their wife, mistreat their kids, mistreat, the, you know, uh, uh, not handle their money properly or, or not uh, be kind to the wait staff. Or, or, you know, I've had people when I was running sound mistreat me as a sound man. Just, uh, I had one, one minister come up in the sound booth, walk in front of me and start changing the soundboard. Now, that's just disrespectful. I mean, that is so disrespectful. And I'm thinking, did you skip all of kindergarten? You're supposed to ask, right, before you touch somebody else's stuff, right? And that, that, that wasn't my stuff, I know, but it's, it's the mix that, that, that I knew that building, I knew the, the equipment, I knew everything about the people on the praise worship team. So why would you come up and just met? met in fact, there, uh, one minister, he did that, and he just messed it all up. And so I called the pastor I was, uh, that night. You know, he met, we had an early practice on a Saturday before a Sunday service. Uh, and I'm concerned because my job is to make the mix of sound. It's not my job is to, is to own that. My job is to make the sound the, sound the best. He could, and, he, and he obviously didn't know how to mix for our building, right? I mean, every building is different, so you've got to learn the building. Uh, and so it just, it just had a terrible sound, right? Too, uh, too much highs, not enough lows. Just, I mean, just a bad mix. And so I called the pastor. Hey, I said, hey, this minister uh, came up and just really made a mess of things. What would you like me to do? Because again, am I in charge? No. Did I sneak up there and fix everything? No, I'm not in charge. He said, just leave it. You know, okay, no problem. And so, you know, the next day after the service, they, man, that sound was terrible. And they all blame me. Not my fault. You know, he, he mixed it the way he wanted it mixed. And, and um, I asked the pastor about it. He said, leave it alone. So I left it alone. Uh, and well, didn't you tell them it wasn't your mix? Nope, didn't tell anybody. To this day, they probably thought it was a bad mix, and, and I'm at fault. Uh, you know, not, not my problem. I did what I was supposed to do, uh, and, and then left it alone. But see, uh, those things that you've heard and seen in me, right, in me, seen in me. So, uh, you know, uh, there, there are ministers that I know that I just, I just don't like being around. Because, uh, you know, I mean, they're some of the best people in the pulpit, uh, I mean, preach the wallpaper off the walls. Amazing speakers, uh, full of revelation. They get out of the pulpit, somebody I don't want to be around. Don't want to go to lunch with them. Don't want to go shopping with them. Don't want to go on a hike with them. Just don't want to be around them. Right? They gossip, they backbite, they, they, they uh, talk, talk about just, you know, I see them how they treat their wife. They're disrespectful to their wife, mean to their kids. Uh, you know, I, I can't stand my kids. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many... People have heard say bad things about their kids. Those things you've seen, uh, heard, and seen in me do. Well, do I, do I want you all to mistreat the wait staff at, at Walmart uh, or, the, or the restaurant? Do I want you to do that? I mean, that's what it says. Do what I'm doing. Uh, and uh, for me, personally, when I read verses like this, it puts such, it puts such a constraint in my life. Such a, a burden, not in a bad way, but a burden that, you know, Lord, Lord what's, what's really important is for these people to see that I, I'm a Christian when I'm not in the pulpit. Because if they don't see me acting like a Christian, when I'm pulpit, what's it matter? What's it matter how good of a message it can be if I'm not living the message I'm preaching? If I'm preaching to you and do what I say, but surely don't do what I do because, uh, you know, it would be improper to mistreat your wife, you know, mistreat your kids. Uh, and, and yet I've seen, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. 
you know, we have, uh, like when Brother Randy comes, uh, and really all of our guest ministers we, that we have, you, you watch them after the service. You know what they do? They greet you all. They speak to you all, right? They, they treat you all like, like peers and like you're important people, because you are. Now, I, we, when, when I was with my pastor, we'd have people that preached a pulpit and then walk out the door and say, hey, would you pack up all my stuff for me and go walk and sit in their car? Because you are a riffraff, right? They don't want to shake hands with riffraff. I mean, you know, who are you? I mean, you know, you're not the pastor. You know, you're just the riffraff. And I think, well, who, who are you? Last time I checked, we're all child of the most high God, of uh, heirs of Christ, all of us. Amen. There's no big eyes and little U's in the, in the kingdom of heaven. I understand in, you know, my role as a pastor has a certain honor for the role, and that's fine. But that honor for the pastor's role does not supersede uh, your value as a child of God. Uh, and, and yet, uh, more than once, ministers would do that. Uh, those things you have seen, uh, heard, and seen of me do. And so that, you know, that, that should put a great constraint on all ministers. Amen. We should all live for God uh, when we're not in the pulpit. Amen. Because, you know, the, the, thing, the thing that is hard for us to accept sometimes but I have observed this to be a true uh, truism, is that if the Lord chooses to anoint you, he will anoint you. And there are plenty of ministers who, who learn to yield to the anointing of God, but never change their life outside the pulpit. And when they get in the pulpit, because God loves you, he will anoint them to, to speak a great message to inspire you in that moment and to help you in, in that hour of that message. Uh, and yet they'll, they'll go off and, and do things outside the pulpit that are disrespectful to the Lord. And, and, and we think, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, you're not the Lord. You know, he's kind and gracious. And, and um, if people are willing in, in some points of their life to yield to him, he will allow them to yield to him. And he will honor them and, and he will anoint them in that moment. Uh, and, and, you know, he's not, he's not touchy like we are sometimes, right? Because we'd all burn them, burn them all, right? Shoot the rest. <clears throat> and so, but the Lord would do that many times. You know, I've seen people that with great speaking ability, great revelation of the word of God and, uh, and, um, and yet be somebody that I don't want to be like when I hear them or see them outside, outside the pulpit. Amen. Uh, and so Paul said, those things which you have both learned and received. So, you know, uh, Paul had two responsibilities to, to, uh, to be seen and to do right. Uh, or to be seen and to be heard. Um, uh, but the people had responsibility to receive it and to learn it. And so you've got really the same number of responsibilities as I do. They're different, right? So if, if, I'm, if, if I'm speaking and doing, you should be learning and receiving. Amen? Uh, and, uh, you know, this is not to put you under pressure or anything, but uh, at the end of the service, you know, people, oh, isn't that a great message? Oh, yeah, yeah. What did he say? Yeah. I have no idea, right? <laughs> that has happened to all of us, right? It was just an amazing, I felt so great when I got that with what do you say? I have no idea, right? I remember one time my pastor was speaking, uh, doing a message one time. Uh, and, and I went up to him and said, Pastor, I said, that was amazing. I said, and he was talking about a scripture in the book of Romans about laying your life down. Uh, and it was just a great, uh, and, he, and he actually got up on the stage and laid down on the stage, right? And it was just such a good, uh, in, in that moment, it was such a, a great illustration for, for the message and I went up and was talking to him afterwards. I said, you know, why have you never taught on that before? He said, I've taught on that many times before. <laughs> and, and I'm like, 
and then when he said that, you know, the, the, the remembrance of that, I don't know if the Lord was just messing with me or not, you know, because, uh, you know, I don't remember that. But when he said that, I was like, yeah, actually, I do remember you preaching on that exact same thing before. But, you know, uh, it's like any revelation. Sometimes it means more you, to you today than it was spoken to yesterday, right? Because revelation is progressive, right? Something that, that uh, you didn't even hear. I mean, I've had lots of people come to me uh, and say things, man, you know, you've never taught on that. I'm thinking, I have taught on that so many times, so many times. I mean, just, you know, I, I can't tell you that. I mean, that, that has happened more than once. You know, why have you never taught on that? Would you like to see my notes? It's dated a thousand years ago, right? I've preached this message so many times. Uh, and, uh, and so, but that's okay. I don't ever take offense at it because I understand how revelation works. You know, uh, sometimes I've had in the same message, one person will remember and say, that thing you said right there, it was the most amazing thing that ever helped me. And if somebody else come and talk about some other completely part different of, of the message and say, that right there changed my life. Same message, but one thing meant uh, something to somebody, something completely different meant something to somebody else. And that's the way revelation works, right? Wherever you are in your spiritual life, the Lord will, will meet you at that point and get, grant unto you revelation that will help you in that moment. Uh, and so, so you have responsibilities to, learn, to receive and to learn. Amen? To receive and to learn. Uh, and, and really, your responsibility is, if it's the Word of God, uh, you are really obligated by the Lord to receive it. Uh, and and uh, you know, I hear people say things like, well, I don't see it that way. You know, the Scriptures are pretty plain. It's really not that way in some other way. Right? It's rare that, that you could have people have just two completely different opinions of what the Bible says. It's possible, you know, some, some obscure verses, some verses that, you know, are not necessarily super clear in how they mean. And, and on occasion, I'll say, well, some people say things like this, some people say it like that. Uh, but for the most part, you know, uh, where, where Paul said, whatsoever things are true and so on, uh, think on these things. Not many different ways really to, to understand that, right? I mean, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So whatever things he has said, that's what you think on. Right? Well, you can't just, you know, I don't see it that way. I mean, okay, or you got a learning disability? I mean, that's really, that's all it is, right? I mean, uh, I don't want to uh, accuse anybody of anything, but, um, but uh, people in the church have a responsibility, right, to receive and to learn. Uh, and that means that all of us, if we're, if we're learning, uh, you know, then we're growing in the Lord. Amen. It, once you've arrived and, you, and there's nothing else for you to learn, you're in a bad place. Because if you, if you know everything there's to know, then what you're saying is there's, there's no more revelation in the universe. That the Lord has, has closed uh, not only the word of God, but also the revelation of God. Uh, and, and I have met people who believe that, right? Uh, in fact, I had one lady come to me. Now, I don't really believe this is true, but this is what she said. She said, I left your church because you taught me all that there is to know about faith, and I need to go learn something else. Uh, now, see, if I'm the emperor, I'm thinking, man, I'm amazing. I am so amazing. I could teach people everything there is to know about faith. Wow, I mean, nobody else could do that but me. But in reality, I'm thinking, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's no way I could teach you everything about faith because I don't know everything there is to know about faith. So how could I teach you everything there is to know about faith, right? Now, I didn't say it that way. I didn't say anything. I was like... Because when people start bragging on me like that, all I hear is blah, 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 because it's not true, right? Just say you left because you don't want to hear me anymore. I thought, fine, no problem, right? We don't make up stories about now you're so amazingly spiritual only because I'm so amazingly more spiritual. Uh, that, that's just, it's not going to fly with me, right, at all. And so, 
I'm going to uh, uh, choose to be impervious to flattery, right? Oh, that's an amazing service. Yeah, whatever, right? I mean, people, because uh, I was telling Chris today, you know, uh, we did the funeral for Miss Libby, uh, and several people came, oh, that's, that's a perfect thing, most amazing, you know, perfect message there for her. And I'm thinking, oh, the Lord just told me what to say. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just a messenger, right? I, and I'm not trying to act all fake, oh, you know, just, I'm just, don't look at me. I'm just, you know, I'm just a humble servant of God, you know. But, but really, the Lord gave me the verse, right? He said, well, this is the verse for her. It's like, okay, well, that's great, you know. Now, I've got to do my part, because usually he'll give me a verse, and then I've got to spend hours, like I did today, I spent hours on, on a 20-minute message, right? But spent hours on it, uh, because, you know, the Lord, he expects you to, to put the time in and the effort in uh, to, to fulfill what he desires to be said, Amen. He's not going to just lay it all out for you and then just do nothing, right? I mean, you, I had to look up lots of scriptures and, and, and write down a lot of things. Uh, and so, but still, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's his message, right? He, he gives it to you. I do my part, but my part's simple, right? I mean, to know, uh, there, there's 31,000 verses. Which verse should you read at the funeral, right? I don't know. You know, uh, I mean, you could say so-and-so begat so-and-so, but that really wouldn't help anybody, right? You can pull out the scripture out of the book of Numbers, and go through the whole gene- genealogy of Jesus, people are like, that's great. What'd that mean? I had no idea what you meant right, by any of that. Uh, and so, but the Lord's, the Lord's gracious, amen, and he'll provide, and, and so uh, he does all those things. So those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. So uh, our part is to learn and receive. Uh, your part is to learn and receive. My part is to speak and, and to show you my life, Amen. Uh, and I have no problem with that. I have no problem, you know, I'm like sneaking around and you just come to my house any day of the week, you know, uh, and, and there's peace in my house. There's joy in my house. Uh, there's contentment in my household. Uh, you know, you go to some minister's houses and you walk in, there's tension, right? Uh, and, and, and there's, uh, there, there's discomfort and, and uh, you know, uh, there, there's things go on, right? And I, I mean, I'm not perfect. Obviously, I'm perfect. I have my wife, you know, she can tell you, uh, give you a list of things if you really needed her to do. Uh, but, um, but she's not perfect either, right? So we're two imperfect people doing the best we can. Uh, and so, but we love our household. We love our home. Amen. Uh, and, and so, now I, I don't want to be the sappy, you know, oh, how are you doing, brother? You know, it's so wonderful to see you. When we get outside the church, I'm not that guy, right? You want that guy? I'm not that guy. Uh, I'm not going to be all sappy. And I used to have a friend of mine, and he'd, he'd come up to me, especially during some of those years of difficulty. He'd go, he'd go, how are you doing? You doing okay? Are you doing okay? I'm like, don't pet me. I'm no child. I'm a man of God, right? I don't need your petting and, and sympathy and pity. Uh, you know, I never said that, but I'm, I'm thinking, don't pity me. Uh, you know, you come up and say, how's it going, Chip? You know, uh, and... Um, and I'm never going to say, oh, brother, the battle's hard and the wounds are deep and the scars are healing and, oh, but I'm making it through as best I can. No, I'm sitting on high, right? I'm at the top of the mountain. Where are you at? I, I'm above and not beneath. Amen? That's what the Word of God tells me. Amen? So I don't, I don't need your pity and, and, and uh, I would just, uh, I, I mean, I don't get ill very often, sick very often, but uh, I, I don't want Chris coming petting me. Oh, do you need a, do you need a, cold washcloth. Leave me alone. I'm working on it, right? I'm sleeping, and then when I wake up, I curse the thing, and I go back to sleep, right? 
Uh, and that's what we did a couple weeks ago, right? I, don't know, I woke up one morning and, or went to bed one night and my stomach decided to, to, to disagree with the rest of my body and I couldn't sleep. Uh, and uh, all night long, just, I mean, it felt like just, it was twisting in knots. And then the whole next day, the whole thing, just, I just, uh, and I, I had to get up and do something. I, went, I came back home, went straight to bed. And I'd sleep for an hour. Chris come and check me. I'm passed out, right? But I'd wake up. I curse you in the name of Jesus. And then I'd go back to sleep. I'd wake up and, uh, yeah, not you, right? I curse you. Wife, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't cursing the wife. Now, I don't curse the wife, right? We were married uh, 34 years. You ever heard me cuss? Not one time, right? And we're not going to start now. But I'd wake up, I'd curse that sickness. And I'd go back to bed. Uh, and then it was, it was like 9.30, so like 24 hours, this thing happened. And I had no idea what it was. I'd wake up, cur- I'd bind you in the name of Jesus. I'm the healed of God. I don't care, you know, uh, if my body's in disagreement with my spirit. It's got to yield. And like 9.30, it just, just evaporated. I got up, ate some meatloaf. It was good meatloaf too, right? Man, this is great meatloaf, right? Meatloaf, mashed potatoes. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm going to... I don't want your pity. Amen. You want to hang in there with me? That's fine. No problem. Right. You want to encourage me? That's great. But don't don't uh, don't pet on me. Amen. Now, that's just my makeup. You know, everybody's not that way. Some people, I mean, some people, if you sent them a card in the mail, they'll cry. Right. And that's great. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, I'll write you all the cards you want and be sincere. Man, it's sure great to see you. And we do send cards to people, you know, with visitors, especially Uh, some people. It means a lot to me. I mean. Uh, I'm good. I'm good either way. You want to send me a card? I will accept it and be gracious and thank you for it. Amen. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm not trying to dissuade people from being kind. You know, some people, that's just, that's who they are. And that's, and that's fine, right? We're all different. We need each other. Amen. So I'm not trying to, not trying to belittle anybody for that at all. Uh, just, uh, I, I don't need, I don't need your, I don't need your pity though. Uh, and so James tells us in James 1.22, he said, be you doers of the word and not hearing, hearers only here is only deceiving your own self. And that's such a big problem in the church. Amen. He said, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Right? Because Paul said, you've got you, to hear, but when you hear, you also have to learn. You have to receive it first and then learn it. Right? Uh, and so some people hear a lot of things, never, never moves the needle in their life. Right? They hear a lot of scripture. They're exactly the same before, dur- during, and after. Some people hear one verse, their whole life has changed. Right? Uh, and I'm not saying that every single verse should cause you to have a, a, a super spiritual experience. But, uh, but as you go through life, as you hear the word of God taught and, and spoken into your life, uh, you should change, right? You should, uh, he said, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So when you hear the word of God, your response should be, I'm going to start doing that. If you've never done it before, you, I'm going to start doing that. Uh, and sometimes, you know, and I've told you this before, I'll read the word of God and I'll tell the Lord, Lord, I'm so far from this verse. You said to do this. I'm so far from this verse. I should be way over there according to what I just read. But as far as I can observe him, I'm way over here. And instead of going, it's too much work to go from here to there. I'll never say that. I'll say, Lord, I'll start today and I will get to that point in my life. I'll work at it. And, and, and he will help you. If, you. if you desire that bad, he will help you. If you desire enough, he will help you to get there, to be a doer of the word. Because who cares if you're just a, a speaker of the word? So many Christians, they, they can quote every verse in the Bible. I could care less. It does not impress me one bit. Let me go see how you treat your kids when they're acting up. Let me go see how you treat your wife when she's not perfect. 
Uh, let me go see how you, how, you, how you handle money outside the church, right? Uh, I was w- with my pastor one time at church, uh, and I was, when I was in school, I was in, 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 uh, 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 working on my master's degree in engineering, and so, uh, you know, oh, that sounds so impressive. It was actually easier than undergraduate work, uh, and I had a lot of time because it actually takes less hours to get a master's degree. So I'd hang out at church. I, I was a church rat. I'd go hang out at church because I, I would watch my pastor. I'd watch him. I'd see how he operated because it wasn't me. It wasn't enough to just hear him in the pulpit. I want to see how he lived because in many ways he was a great example. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I'd t- tell you some of the negative things that I observed over the time, but in many ways he was a great example. And, and one time in particular we were there at the church and, and this fellow comes and says, hey, I, I want to, uh, I, I do cleaning of uh, carpet and upholstery and things. He said, I'll, I'll clean your chairs for so much a chair. And the pastor said, well, you know, that sounds like a, you know, not a bad price there. He said, I'll tell you what, if you'll get up in the pulpit and say, hey, so-and-so did our chairs for free, and here's his phone number, uh, I said, I'll do it for free. He said, you need to leave right now. Uh, and he, and, and he, got, he, he got flustered. He's like, well, I, I, I didn't mean to offend you. I, I, you know. And the pastor said, you didn't offend me. He said, you need to leave right now. Because he was not willing to sell the pulpit. See, that's selling a pulpit, right? If, if the church is take, it gets an advantage, but you have to pay for the church to get an advantage, then I'm selling the pulpit, right? Uh, one, uh, one minister wrote a book called Merchandising the Anointing, which is kind of what that means, right? It, is you take the anointing of God and you sell it. And, and he was unwilling to do that. He told the guy, just leave. You need to leave right now. Right now, not tomorrow, right now. And we're not, we're not, we're not ever going to use you, like ever, right? Don't ever come back. Uh, and, and it made an impression on me because I thought that, that's, that's the right thing to do, right? Because you know, how many pastors are under so much pressure financially that, that they think every which way they can, they can save a nickel, right? Every which way uh, they, can, they can somehow save a penny here and there. And I've talked to many people, not one, uh, many people. Uh, I, in fact, I told you when we first, the very first uh, um, contract work we did for the church, when we, when we started the church here, is we had the bathrooms re- remodeled. And I called up uh, what I thought was a reputable contractor and said, hey, I'd like you to come renovate the bathrooms, right? Because they, were, they, they weren't designed for a church. They were designed for a business. Uh, and, so, and they needed a lot of uh, love and attention. Uh, and, and he said, how much do you think this is going to cost? Because uh, he, he wanted to know, right? Because if I'd said a nickel, which is what a lot of churches say, he'd be like, nah, I don't want that. I said, well, you know, that's probably about... $15,000 worth of work. He goes, oh, that's exactly right. You know, that's what it's going to cost to do that, you know. Uh, and, and then he got done with it, and we paid him, and he said, you know, when you first called me, because we didn't know each other then, we've become good friends since then, he said, I was really hesitant because I've had so many churches sign on the dotted line and not pay, or sign on the dotted line and then come back and say, you shouldn't charge that much. We're, this is God's work. I'm thinking, well, yeah, it is. He walks on the streets of gold, right? I mean, he's got no problem with money at all, right? So why should I? Now, if, if that's the deal, right, if you said I'll do it for a nickel, well, you know, I might take that deal, right? I mean, if you're willing to do it for a nickel, I might take the deal. Uh, but, uh, and he's done many, every other uh, con, uh, contract job we've had since then, you know, he's done, and, and he's always done a great job at that. Uh, and so, uh, because, you know, we're, we're not going to sell the pulpit, and we're, we're going to be, I, I want him to see how I operate when I'm not in a pulpit, that we always pay our bills. Every, every person that's ever come to this church, that doesn't work for this church, we've always paid them, every single night. We've never not paid them. Uh, some people we've paid and, we, and uh, you know, they, they didn't even do the work they were supposed to do, but we still paid them. Uh, 
Sometimes the Lord said you pay them anyway, right? Because they're they're desperate and, and pitiful, and so sometimes you help them. Uh, but uh, uh, but not that contractor. He's always been worth everything we paid him. In fact, there've been times when, when I paid him more than he requested because he he uh, uh, well, it was on a personal project, but he he misquoted it and didn't account for some of the materials. And so we, we gave him a bonus at the end of it because he was honest with us and, and said, well, I'm, if you pay me what I told you, I'm, I'm going to lose money. But he said, that's, that's fine. You know, but, uh, but so, so we paid him more than, than the, the, the bonus was, uh, than, the, uh, than the contract was for. And so, so be doers of the word. Amen? It's more important for you to take one verse and do it than to know a thousand verses and not do any of them. Who cares? Right? Who cares if you can, know, can quote everything? Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't impress the Lord. It doesn't help you. It doesn't Because one of the, the hardest things for people to observe is to hear what you say and see that you do something different. Yeah. Uh, people say all the time, I don't go to church because of hypocrites. That's, fine. That's a lame excuse, though. Where, where, where else did you go in the world that you don't see hypocrites? Is there any, anywhere else that there's no hypocrites around? You ever been to Walmart? Hypocrites everywhere, right? Uh, I mean, you work for any job in the world, they tell you, our people are the most important thing in this, in this company. Lie. Every one of you lies. As soon as things happen, you're going to shoot them all, right? You, you fire them all. You don't fire the, the machine over there. You fire all the people. The most important thing. The most important thing is your dollars, right? And that's fine. Right? At least be honest with it. most important thing for us is profit. We don't care about you at all. Okay, that's fair, right? Because if you can make profit, surely you'll pay me something, right? Uh, and so uh, that's not sincere at all, right? That's hypocritical. It's like, don't say that. You don't believe that. You're saying that, but you don't believe it. Uh, and so, but it's one of the hardest things for, now, people oftentimes will use that as an excuse to not serve God or not go to church. You know, the Lord doesn't care. I don't, you don't care if there's hypocrites in the church and, and you, you, he, you want to have an excuse not to go to church? It looks like it doesn't matter. You still go to church. Amen. Because there's something to learn everywhere. And, and really, you shouldn't go to church unless the Lord tells you to go to that particular church. Amen. Because if he tells you to go, then, then it's like the rest of my life. I just do what I'm told. If he said to go there, well, then you go there. <clears throat> That's why I went to the church with my pastor. Why'd you go there? The Lord told me to go there. Why, why didn't you leave? He never told me to leave. Well, that seems kind of, you know, messed up. That's not my problem. That's his problem. That's his problem, right? Because if he's there, he's going to provide. And, I, you know, for me personally, I can't thank the Lord so much for what I learned when I was there. Because the person that I am today and, and the ability for me to overcome things today is so much greater See, I, uh, I'll tell you this and we'll go. You know, there was a time, uh, uh, you know, we were all young at one time, right? And we were all, all, all stupid when we were younger, right? Hopefully we've grown up since then. But, you know, there was a time when I thought, you know, I'm pretty good. I mean, I got saved early. Man, I read the Bible. I'm, I'm pretty awesome. I didn't quite say it that way. But, you know, sometimes you think things. You don't really articulate them. But, you know, you kind of think, you know, I'm pretty special. I mean, you know, not that you're not special, but, you know, I'm pretty special. Uh, and it's embarrassing to even say that, I know. But still, you know, sometimes you think that, and think, you know, I can, I can, I think I can overcome anything. And then reality sets in, right? And then, and then you have to uh, find out how to get your heart uh, back the way it's supposed to be. And see, I thought I, I knew how to guard my heart until it was challenged. And my, my pastor, unfortunately, you know, in a negative way, challenged my heart. And I failed for, for a long time. I just failed and, and didn't know how to succeed but I was willing to stick it through long enough to, to find out how to... I did not want to... I didn't want to quit. I, if I had left the church, I, I, would, I would... I don't know where I'd be. 
Lord, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you tell me to leave right now, I said, I wouldn't leave. Because until I can get the victory in this moment, I do not want to leave. I want to get the victory exactly where I am. And then if you want me to leave, no problem. But I don't want to leave until I get the victory. And sometimes you've got to get beat and beat and beat by, by the world, by the people who yield to the devil. But if you're willing to, to fight the good fight of faith, because uh, it's a good fight because you'll win eventually. Amen. Uh, and see, I, I wanted more than anything else to get the victory. It wasn't about winning over them. It was winning over me, winning my heart, getting my heart to where I could succeed no matter the consequences, no matter the circumstances. And see, then, then, I can, uh, then when I say something, see, you'll see me do it. Uh, it it's not just empty words. Amen. Uh, these things are helpful. They're meaningful, right? They're valuable to your life. You could become a great person if you just do the word. Do one verse. Just pick one verse, right? Do that. Become a, a, an expert at that one verse and then go on to the next one. Don't, don't ever say, Lord, I can't do that. Lord, I can never be that way. Use your faith. Get there. Acknowledge where you're at and ask the Lord to help you get to, the, to get to that point. And he will. I can guarantee you 100% because he did it to me so many times, right? And now somebody accused me of something, whatever. I mean, me and Chris, we laugh a lot of times because we say, uh, they're such an amateur. We've been offended by experts. I mean, people with, with PhDs in meanness, we've had to deal with. Uh, come back when you've got a game, right? Come back when you've got really something to accuse me of, right? Don't start with it. Uh, that's, that's baby stuff, right? Come, you're such an amateur at insulting and being mean to somebody. Come back when you've really got your game at, uh, in play, right? Uh, and, and then we'll talk. Uh, and that's the way we think about it. It's like, you want to accuse me of something? Blah, 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 blah. I don't care, you know. You want to say I'm a terrible, I mean, I've had people tell me, you're a terrible pastor. Blah, 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 blah. You're the worst teacher in the world, right? Because they didn't say I'm the worst prophet because that wouldn't mean anything to me. I'm a pastor, you know. They didn't say I'm the worst singer because that wouldn't mean anything to me. But they, the devil knows uh, where he thinks your buttons are. Because I'm a teacher. I'm a pastor teacher, right? That's my, that, that, I was called to be that from before the foundation of the world. And so they're going to attack that very thing that God called you to do. You're a terrible teacher. Blah, 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 blah. I don't care, you know, because, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not a teacher. I just say what the Lord says to say, amen? Uh, and, and if there's revelation, it comes from him anyway. So, I mean, it's like, well, then you're telling the Lord is a terrible teacher because I'm just repeating what I'm told, amen? So, I mean, you need to talk to him about that if you've got a problem with those things. And so, let's be doers of the word, amen? You can be. It's possible, amen? Don't ever say it's impossible. You can do it, amen? You can, you can start today. Don't start tomorrow. Start right now, Amen? We'll say amen, start then, amen? Uh, well, okay, now you can start, right? So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. Lord, we do thank you for your word. And Father, it's our desire to not just know your word, Father, but do your word. Father, to, to, to hear us, Father, but also to see us, to hear the words we say, but see that we're doing the very words that we're speaking. Father, it's so valuable to you. You, you made so plain in your words that, that it's, it's just as important to do what we speak as to say those very words. And so, Father, with all of our heart, we desire to do exactly what we see in your word, to not just hear what, we, what your word says, Father, but do and apply that in every aspect of our life. And, Lord, as we do that, we thank you that we'll grow and increase and be more like you each and every day. And we thank you for these things, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so now the, 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 the gun has been fired. You've got to start now. Amen. Well, let's get ready and receive uh, this evening's offering. And, and again, I encourage you to uh, pray for Miss Libby's family, uh, pray for Miss Deborah's family, um, uh, the, the 
there's a separation that has to occur in this lifetime between now and when we all get to heaven. Uh, and so uh, if you're really close to somebody, you know, it's difficult for that separation, amen? Even though it's, it's, it's temporary, but still, you know, they're not part of your life, amen? And so uh, we have to deal with those things until that time of grieving is over and then we, we remember the good things that they've been, that they have added to our life, amen? So come ahead, Mr. Jared. And then uh, Friday at uh, 5.30, we'll open up the church uh, for, uh, uh, open up the building next door for the uh, church folks uh, uh, as a sneak peek. And look, if, if your schedule doesn't work out and you want to come before then, just let us know. It's, it's fine. Uh, and then at 6 o'clock here will be Ladies Fellowship. And then the yard sale start at 8.30. Uh, and there'll be, be, there will be people lined up before 8.30. Amen. Uh, and... and um, <clears throat> But we're not going to let him in before 8.30. Not doing it, right? Chris, Chris uh, well, we might. I don't, I don't really care, you know, if, if they all get here at 8 o'clock. But um, uh, it, we'll see. Amen. Uh, we're not going to make any laws. But, but we're going to for sure know later than 8.30. And then um, decorate the church after that. Church meal on Sunday. Uh, and there's a sign-up sheet in the back. So be blessed. Have a wonderful week. See you all on Friday.